Happy Wednesday, y'all. I hope you have been having a fantastic week so far and you are ready for another weekly dose of wisdom on the Mind Body Musings podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Moon, and I am delighted to have you here today. We are going to be speaking with Miss Kate Swoboda. Kate Swoboda, I love saying that last name, is the director of the Courageous Living Coaching Certification and creator of YourCourageousLife.com, where she teaches people how to change old patterns of self-doubt and create courageous habits and courageous lives using the neuropsychology of habit formation. She helps individuals who feel stuck start connecting to their most courageous selves And she helps companies to create more innovative office cultures where teams at every level feel valued for their contribution to the whole. Oh man, what would our world be like if all companies did that? Kate was deemed one of the top 50 bloggers in health, fitness, and happiness by Greatest. She has contributed to Entrepreneur, USA Today, Forbes, Lifetime Moms, The Intelligent Optimist, Mind Body Green, Business Insider, and many more. She has been a consultant for teams within businesses, and she's spoken at conferences and seminars on the topic of courage as it relates to personal development, releasing overwhelm, business and marketing, money mindset, wellness, increasing emotional resilience, and healthy goal setting using habit formation techniques. Woo! That was quite a mouthful. So to summarize, today we're going to be speaking about creating habits that cultivate a life of courage. And that doesn't mean to be fearless. In fact, we want to promote having fears in our life because it shows us where we want to, A, move into the direction to because that's our comfort zone. We're exiting our comfort zone whenever we're facing our fears or B, know what's out of alignment in our lives and know what's looking stuck and know where our limiting beliefs are. So that's what Kate is here on the podcast to share with us today. The review of the week comes from RubberDucky64, and she says, Go Maddie with five stars. Maddie's podcast is informational, but also super relatable and entertaining. She has an approachable style that makes it easy to digest some of the deeper topics of spirituality and self-love. Thank you, RubberDucky64. Y'all, leaving a review on the podcast is one of the easiest and most helpful ways to encourage the show and to help the show do well. And when the show does well, we are happy. I am happy. You are happy and more people discover the podcast. So if you want to support the show and you've been listening for a while now, you can head on over to iTunes and you'll see the little button that says ratings and reviews. Click that. Then you'll see another little button that says write a review. Then you click that and then you'll put on some stars and then you'll write up a little thing and then I'll read it on the show. So that would be awesome if you guys are interested in sharing your thoughts on the show with us. I would so love that and I would so love to read your words aloud on the show. Another great way to support the show is to send your favorite episodes to friends. That is a very supportive way to help people in their journey and their venture. So if someone is struggling with limiting beliefs and feeling stuck in life, this might be the perfect episode for them because chances are fear is a really big inhibitor from taking those leaps that are required to be unstuck. And if one has a negative relationship with fear, then they can't really go anywhere. So this podcast is all about healing that relationship with fear, reframing it and just approaching it a little differently. I hope y'all love this show. Please leave your comments and your thoughts in the show notes for this, or you can head on over to Instagram and continue the conversation. Currently, when this podcast airs, I will be in Israel. I will be in Tel Aviv, so I will most likely be sharing a lot of um, Instagram stories of what I'm up to. I'll be doing an acro yoga convention, of course. So follow the journey along there on Instagram. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this wonderful conversation I have with Miss Kate Swoboda. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? 
Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. Here we are now back on the Mind Body Musings podcast with Miss Kate Swoboda, and I am so excited to dive deep into courageous living with her today because this is the goddess of courage, and she knows all about living your highest truth and stepping into your truth and your voice and learning how to break those limiting beliefs that are holding you back and probably the ones you don't even know about. So I'm excited to dive deep into learning how to identify those limiting beliefs that are holding you back in life and break through them to create good habits. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Miss Kate. Hi, thanks for having me. And I this, this is a first for me being introduced as the goddess of courage. I love it. <laughs> Why not be the goddess of courage? I mean, I, I I think everyone in their own way, I mean, we're all the goddesses of everything, the the shadow side and, and the light shadow, but you are all about courage and you are all about stepping into that truth. And to me, I think that is a very goddess-like quality is having that courage and being a powerhouse woman, but also in her softness and in her flow. And that's what you are putting out into the world from what I'm sensing from over here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the ongoing adjustment of the waters of the flow to stay in the flow. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. So as always, I want to go back into your story and into your journey. And I want to learn all about how you got to where you are right now today. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I have a couple of like little pivotal moments and and connections I've made. But the one that um, I would say is most ap- applicable to this moment was like, you know, just having an entire life where I was a chronic overachiever, definitely had a pattern of perfectionism, raise your hand if you can identify, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I had managed to have quite a bit of success getting into a salary job that I had wanted and wanted and wanted. And I'd kind of privately been told by people who um, had been at this job for a while that if I they were on the hiring committee and if I applied for this upcoming promotion, I was for sure going to get it. And I was sitting in a meeting one day and it was like, I don't want to do this anymore, (laughs) which like for me, like uh, I, you know, when I hear other people's stories of like having a moment of total blinding clarity that something is or isn't right, like, you know, they often sound very dramatic. So I'm a very pragmatic person, but it was really clear to me in that moment, I don't want to do this anymore. And it was incredibly scary to 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 go, well, but I was the one who got myself there and made all the choices to get myself here. What do you mean you don't want to do this anymore? But I was like crystal clear, I don't want to do this anymore. And that provoked a ton of inquiry and self-exploration. And that naturally meant I started getting curious about fear. And it stopped being about how do I outrun my fear or tell it to shut up and go away and started to become about how do I actually have a relationship with my fear? And then that became all the things that get me here today. I'm, I'm the director of a coach training program. I'm a life coach. I have a book coming out called The Courage Habit. And it's been a lot of two steps forward, one step back. I never say that I'm fearless, but it really, I'd say a big launch point that got me here was was listening to that voice of fear that was like, I don't know how this is going to go, but I don't want to do this anymore. I just can't do this anymore. I love that you're pointing out the importance of not adopting the label of fearlessness because that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the goal. That's not healthy is to not have any sort of filter for fear. It's good to be able to feel your fear. The stories that we have around fear are what we want to change, not be fearless not have mm-hmm. any fears. Fears are good because they get you out of your comfort zone as well. So I want to go back into that moment that you had this 
instant realization that you no longer wanted to be doing what you were doing. From there, what were your steps? Did you immediately just quit your job? Because that's exactly what I did when I was in a nine to five job. <laughs> I had a moment like yours and I emailed my boss and said, can we meet at 2 p.m.? And then I quit. So oh, wow. I'm curious how you went about this. Did you give yourself some time to think about it, maybe sleep on it, or did you make an immediate decision? So this this meeting that had happened with a bunch of different people in it happened right before a Christmas break. And in fact, it was scheduled like the last hour of the last day before Christmas break, which is like the cruelest thing ever to do to your employees. Those of you who have <laughs> have companies or anything like that is just like the worst four o'clock on the last day before everybody's going away for Christmas vacation. And I, you know, I was like super clear, but I, you know, I went home and I did what I re what I call desperate journaling. <laughs> like maybe I can journal my way through this. I was totally afraid. And initially I was doing everything I could to not have to fully feel how afraid I actually was. And so, uh, and I think that's the way it is for most people. I think we, we tend to romanticize courage in our culture. We, we just kind of, most people just kind of tell the story of the daring adventure that they went on and they don't talk about the parts where they go, my fear was telling me you're not enough. My fear was telling me you're being irrational and stupid. What's wrong with you? My fear is telling me you just need to try harder and then it'll work out okay. All of that was coming up for me. And I really felt a profound disconnection in my ability to trust myself. That was the biggest thing because I, I was going, I have literally spent, you know, I, I went to undergrad. I went to grad school. I have spent six years of a college education and a, a king's ransom of money on degrees and gone after this. I have actively pursued this, telling myself the entire time that it was what I wanted how can I be sitting here now going, this is not what I want? And in hindsight, of course, the signs that it was not what I wanted were all over the place. But in that moment of just desperately grappling to the idea that I really wanted a path and wanted something to hold on to, it was like I was I was fighting really being fully in my fear. And it was only when it was like, okay, I just, I'm afraid. That's what's happening here. I'm afraid. I'm not going to get out of this. Like mm -hmm. going back to the job and trying to like do it more perfectly. That's not going to get me out of this. Jumping into something new. I had no idea what I wanted to do at mm -hmm. that point. Um, so it was just, how do I ride this? And, um, and, you know, I still experience fear now. I don't think anyone is fearless. I don't think it is. It exists. Um, and the research bears that out as well. That The only people who are truly fearless are people in a state of psychosis <laughs> or sociopaths who don't have the capacity to feel emotion, period. And um, I still experience a lot of waves of fear. But now it's more like, oh, OK, I got gotcha. you. I got your number. I know what you're doing. You know, you said that during the time before you took the leap and left the job, you, there were signs all over the place that it wasn't right for you. What were some of those signs or what were some of those feelings that you were having in that job that you were ignoring at the time? Mm -hmm. So for chronic exhaustion, that's like a huge one, I think, for, for people who are experiencing fear. Particularly, I will say, I think women are often discouraged from like seeing their seeing their feelings or their emotions as as being signs worth paying attention and to you know, there's all, yeah yeah we overthink the them. We the rational woman yeah yeah so it's like i was i was stuffing down my fear of stuffing down feeling like i don't want to do this stuff like that um and it was making me tired i think um this chronic feeling of meh <laughs> that's like a funny mm. noise to make but that's kind of like this wet blankety Mm. Womp womp. <laughs> like I'm not really feeling I'm not really feeling like the depths of despair, but I'm also definitely not feeling the highs of pleasure and joy. And every single you know, it was like being taken aside and being told by someone who was in the inner circle making hiring decisions that I was a shoe in for a promotion, that wasn't bringing up excitement for me. That wasn't like me going home and going, holy, you know, like, oh my God, it was just kind of like, 
Whoa. Um, all right. So, so even the things that I thought would have made me happy weren't. And then that was breeding, you know, chronic resentment, headaches, um, getting sick a lot, um, all sorts of just low grade things that at the time it was very easy to go, oh, I'm just stressed. I'm just really busy right now. It's just really mm-hmm. hectic. It's just the grind. It's just the hustle. This is the way life is. You have to put in the time, do the work. This is the way you should feel. Yeah, I totally get that. All of that. Like literally everything you just said going through my head constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's really – how have, like do you find that sometimes now – so you've left that job. You're doing your own thing. You're very successful. You have the ups and downs still. Do you ever find that whenever you go through those periods of hustle and, quote, grind – if you do, maybe you don't – but if you do ever find yourself in those places – do you have to be very aware of if you start telling yourself that this is just the way that this is the path you've chosen, this is the way it has to be, or and and also alongside of reminding yourself that it is you 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 can receive downtime, you can receive rest, you can receive pleasure. Do you ever find yourself slipping from re- remembering that? Wow, I'm like stuttering everything. Do you ever find yourself slipping from remembering that you can receive rest and you can receive flow and you can receive downtime? Completely, totally, and absolutely <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and I love that you say that because, I mean, to me, the way that I look at how we experience fear now is that we have, there are four predominant fear patterns, and we all do all of them, and usually there's one that we default to more than the others. And I already named mine perfectionism. I default to that more than the others. And one of the things that gets super tricky about noticing that pattern for me now is that I genuinely love what I'm doing now. So it can be one of those things where, like, I'm really jamming with something that I'm doing. I'm at my computer. Maybe I'm writing. And it I go, okay, I'm just, I'm going to do a little more because it's fun. I'm going to write a little more. And then it suddenly tips into, oh, I haven't eaten lunch. And now my blood sugar is crashing and I'm feeling super pissy. You know, so it's, it's like that thing of going, how do I bring my attention to this and not, and let it be riding my innovative edge. Cause I, I'm, I'm a Sagittarius with like five elements in Virgo. Okay. <laughs> a friend of mine, when she, when she read my chart, she said, you are the get shit done powerhouses of the Zodiac. Like you, you know, I am like, take a project, divide it into A, B, C, knock out A, knock out B, knock out C. We are going, you know, like but I your son is Sag. Hustle. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Very yeah. interesting. So are you like, you like, na- I'm just assuming you naturally have this one part of you that's like, go here, go here, go here, expand more, this, that, like exciting, free, no limits. And then you have the other side that's like, okay, no limits, but we want to make sure we have structure in our no limits. Totally, totally. That's the Virgo part. And then I also mm-hmm. have a little flavor that's very like, I don't want to do anything. Let me just ignore it all and go on vacay, which not that I I do because I'm not an heiress, um, but vacay for me usually looks, it's like, okay, I can't really like rent out a yacht right now, but I could just blow off the afternoon and go, mm. you know, on a hike or da, 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 mm. and, and that kind of impulse comes up for me too. So um, all the things. So, you know, like right now I'm, you know, as we're talking, the courage habit is on its way to coming out into the world, book launch, book launch, a lot of podcasts, a lot of media, a lot of like da, da, da. And I will totally go into that zone of, ah, it's all like too much. And and the thing that I'm trying to remember and hone for myself is, you know, how I lean into it during this period. We were talking about this right before we hit, hit go. It's like, how do I lean into this? Um, I've been trying to watch my language and reframe my, uh, to me, it's a limiting story to go, oh, it's too much. It's too much. And instead, it actually feels better in a non-spiritual bypassy kind of way to go this uh, my life is very full right now it will not always be this full but right now it's very full and then to go um how do i how do i just really design this from a place of you know i wanted all of this like why don't i ride that wave instead of oh my god it's too much i can't handle this which is like a whole thought process that can just really frankly it only makes me feel more overwhelmed there's like something more empowering about about going okay like how do I want to ride this wave myself um in my own uh grounded and more powerful way 
And that's something I, it's a mentality that I end up telling the people who are in my coach training program. I'll say to them, you know, you did not leave one line of work that wasn't making you happy only to turn around and then start a new line of work and like, you know, make yourself miserable there. We take ourselves with us wherever we go. So be really mindful if you have a pattern of um, going into pessimism or going into perfectionism, going into people pleasing where you put everybody else's priorities first or going into self-sabotage. Let's be mindful of what your pattern is and just respond to it differently. This is really, really important for people to be soaking in right now because I, I find that this pattern is one of the sneakiest patterns mm. of our lives. And before we know we're 85 years old, in our entire life, we have spent looking at someone else's greener grass. And then we're like, oh, man. I mean, I, I've, I haven't been 85 before, but I'm assuming that if you don't get this looked at, this is one of those behaviors that can control your whole life. And and I know this because in my 26 and a half years of life, I've experienced this many times. Like one example is traveling. There are a lot of times when I have a trip planned and I get so excited and I have all these plans of like, okay, when I go to this trip, I'm going to let go. I'm going to eat all the delicious food. I'm going to see all the sights. I'm going to experience the nightlife. I'm going to do this and that and this and that. And then I get there. And I'm still the same person. I'm still the organized, structured, early bedtime person. And all those intentions I had to let go, to enjoy, to indulge, they don't just change all of a sudden unless I'm really conscious to make sure that I'm present. I'm in the moment. I'm trying the food that I wouldn't try at home. I'm staying up later. I'm meeting people out. I'm having fun. I'm letting go. I'm being young. And instead, mm -hmm. not that there's anything wrong with being an early bedtime person slash granny slash silent <laughs> meditator all your, all the time, but there, there's a time and place where I want to let go of that. And I want to step into a different version of myself, the one that's super free and indulgent. And, and normally for me, that comes with travel. It's something about being in a completely different environment helps me tap into that side more than when I'm at home and I have my routine. So while I'm out of the routine, I say, let's just go full on all the way. And if I'm not careful, which is often, <laughs> if I'm not <laughs> careful, I can go on these trips where I have these plans to indulge and let go. But then even if my routine isn't really there, I'll fight it and I'll fight it and I'll fight it and I'll try to be strict and I'll try to be organized and I'll try to be structured and, and the grown up big girl because I always thought even as a child that I was supposed to be responsible and this and that and have all those pressures. I come home and I look at the trip because now it's in retrospect, right? And I look at the trip and I think, oh man, why didn't I let go? Why didn't I indulge? Why didn't I stay up later? Why didn't I feel free? Why didn't I take chances? And it's because in that moment I didn't let myself I had an intention and I, I threw it out and then I, I thought, well, maybe what I really want is just more routine, more routine. And then I look at the routine with rose colored glasses when I'm traveling and out of it. So when we get what we want, when we get what we thought we wanted, we want to go back. We want the reverse. We want the other thing. And then we, when we go back to normal life, maybe you missed, you miss out on that opportunity to fully be in that intention you once had. Because you fight it, you fight it. And that's, that's what it is when you don't go with the flow. And this can happen in, in different seasons of our lives. This can happen in morning versus night. This can happen whether it's fall or it is summer. We're just waiting for summer once it's spring. And then when it's spring, all we wish was winter. And there are certain periods of our life, going back to what you were talking about, <clears throat> where it requires a more proactive version of ourselves, one that is really good with deadlines, dedicated, hitting it a little more intensely maybe. I don't know if, what the right verbiage is. Let's say it in a loving way, like just being a little bit more focused, not necessarily having to hustle yourself into the ground, but more of that yang energy. And a lot of times when people get into this yang energy, they think, oh my gosh, will I ever have yin again? Will I ever have yin again? So you don't fully let yourself be in the yang because you're so fearful you'll always be there. And vice versa, when you're in the yin, I was telling you this before the call, I've, I've been in a major period of yin the past month where I just am saying no to going hang out with friends and I'm spending a lot of time by myself. The old me and many people listening to this in those periods of yin could freak out because your perfectionism saying, you could be here forever. Stop resting so much. You don't want to get stuck here. Oh my gosh, hurry and have some yang. But if you're not being fully present in the yin, the yang will not be fully present either. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think of a lot of what you describe in, in through the lens of habit formation because habits, you know, we usually think of them as like brushing your teeth, like remembering to do that. And I think like I see so many connections to how my fear-based habits are behavioral habits. Like habits can be behavioral. So I think that's part of why, you know, if you're describing I go on vacation and then I like still end up going into the same behaviors as when I'm not on vacation, it's because there are behavioral impulses that are pushing us to go with what our brain is comfortable with. And they can be really, really difficult to shift and to let go of. And I I was feeling some stress this weekend about um, all the stuff coming up. And I was talking to a dear friend of mine, Valerie Tooks. And I, you know, she said this, she said, well, what's your, what do you think your default pattern is in these moments? And I said, well, I know that it's work harder. So she was like, okay, well, what would be the antithesis of that pattern? And I'm like, pleasure. You know, it's like like letting go, finding the hot tub to soak in, you know, finding the the space to just not be go, 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 go. Because if I stay in that space, it, it logically, my brain tells me, well, if you just work a little bit harder, you get the work done. And then you be, and it's like, no, it never works out that way, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the bar keeps raising, right? It never mm-hmm. stops raising. It just keeps going. You think, if I just go a little bit further, it'll it'll make me happy. It'll satisfy my desires but then even whenever you go that next distance and you stop and you put it away and you go make yourself some food you think about all that you could still be doing so Mm -hmm. it's never Mm -hmm. you're never going to be to that place I have do you have a lot of clients that you work with where they tell you if they could just get to this one place then they'll be on cruise control you know, mm-hmm. maybe you don't oh, say yeah. in those words, but they think if they just get to this one place making a certain amount of money, and, and to some extent that is true. To some extent, you want to make sure you have your rent covered, your food covered, your savings covered. And once you get there, you, you can be on cruise control. But the cruise control is really a choice. It's not so much as you get to this certain place and then you can just coast. It's really the choice to allow yourself to be content with where you are financially and work-wise. And if you want to go the extra mile with more creativity or gaining more clients or booking more speaking engagements, great. But are you doing this from a place of not doing enough, that worthiness wound? Or are you doing this because it's exciting and it feels good right now? There is a difference. Mm-hmm. And I, I call it the self-help treadmill. It's it's. I think I've heard Danielle ref, uh, Danielle Laporte refer to this as the Church of Self Improvement, um, and I think it's really common. I mean, for sure, that you know, I I never want to deny the fact that there are you know there are issues of institutionalized oppression in our society, and there are people for whom having more access to resources absolutely correlates to being happier. But I think who you and I are really talking to are people who like they have their resources covered. And it's like the goalpost is always moving. You know, mm-hmm. once they get there, then there moves and then they get to there and then there moves again. And it's a hungry ghost, endless treadmill, hamster mm-hmm. wheel kind mm-hmm. of a thing going on. And that is that's what we're talking about letting go of, because I think we stay on these treadmills because it's become a behavioral habit that's in part. Uh, well, not in part, mostly governed by the brain. And I think it, we we tend to stay with them because they're comfortable and we're afraid of what it means to change. And so when we look at our lives and we get present and we go, what is it that I really need to change here? Being aware of the brain-based connection to how we change a habit, habitual way of being and moving that from being fear-based to courage-based mm-hmm. is enormously powerful. And a lot of people discount themselves and they go, well, you know, I'm not a courageous person until I've gotten there, right? They they do the same thing with this process that we're talking about, you know, people doing with money or their businesses. They go, when I'm over there, I'll be a courageous person. And I think that for anyone who's listening to this, like, if you are just simply having resonance with what we're talking about and you're going, I, I totally get this space. I've been here. I've lived here. I'm willing to start noticing it every time it comes up. That that's your first act of courage. You don't have to like revolutionize your life from the inside out by tomorrow, but just starting to pay attention to the pattern is where it gets so critical. Yes. And earlier you talked about the four essential behaviors. Can you talk about, so you said perfectionism, one of them, and what are the other three? And if you could go a little deeper into those. 
Yeah, so there are four predominant fear-based patterns, and I, I call them fear patterns in my book. Um, perfectionism, martyrdom or people-pleasing, mm-hmm. pessimism, and self-sabotage. And people will say, well, aren't all of those self-sabotage? Well, they are, but each of them has a little bit of a different flavor, which I'm, I'm happy to, to talk about some of the nuances of these. But I do like to make sure that I say we all do all of them. There's no one yeah. who's fearless. We all do all of them. Usually one is a bigger hook than all the others. So perfectionism is, you know, pretty self-explanatory, always hustling, always trying to get it right. I loved hearing Brene Brown define perfectionism as trying to be beyond judgment. That was like a woe for me when I heard her say that, because at least for me, perfectionism has never been about trying to be better than other people or be literally like perfect in in terms of uh, like, I don't know, some kind of Stepford wife thing. Um, it's always for me been about like just trying to make sure I'm beyond judgment, which is, you know, of course means you're always looking over your shoulder. That um, means so does that mean both with yourself then and with others? Like you can no longer judge yourself and then others don't judge you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I, I wanna I wanna, you know, get to that place of being of being beyond judgment. More important with others, mm. not wanting to be judged mm. by others. Okay. Beautiful. At least yeah. for me. At least for me. Um, people pleasing or martyrdom, that's like constantly putting other people's stuff mm. in front of your own. So sometimes I know I did this when I was initially wanting to leave my job. I'd be asked to do something for a committee, take on some extra meetings, stay late. And I'd say yes. Instead of once I, you know, once I was clear that I didn't want to do that work anymore. And once I'd gotten on the track of going, actually, what I want to do is I want to be a coach. I'd stay late instead of really focusing in on what I wanted to do, which was, you know, work on my business. Um, pessimism, which is really like that quality of, uh, well, you know, there's no time, there's no money. It's not really possible for someone like me. Pessimism can also be the place of compare and despair. Like, oh, well, everybody else has already had all the good ideas and they're better. And then self-sabotage, which is more like that flavor of self-sabotage where, you know, you finally get your first client email and you just don't respond to it. You know, you, mm-hmm. you just let it sit yeah. in the inbox. It's like procrastinating to the point where you miss a deadline and then you don't have as many options. It's that kind of self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, and we can do that in many subtle ways, such as being fearful of um, like this. This is one I w- I've been talking about recently. When you're doing personal development work and let's say you're starting to change your attitude and your mindset and you're starting to become less pessimistic, more optimistic, you create something called a glow. We all know the glow. When healthy people are walking around, they have this energy, they have this skin, they have this smile, they have a glow. And it's kind of addicting. And if you don't have the glow, you want to be around people who have the glow. So you start to ask people with the glow, can we hang out? Can we do this? Can we do that? And and if you don't have boundaries as the person with the glow, so let's say you've been doing all this wonderful self-love work, you're raising your vibration, you are dating people who feel good to you, and you're working on yourself, and people want to hang out with you. If you don't know how to have boundaries then you're always at the mercy of other people asking you out to hang out because you're always going to say yes because you have no idea how to say no. So some people avoid this personal development work altogether because they haven't yet learned how to clear their throat chakra and speak their truth and have boundaries. So if they're liked, that means they're going to have to give all their energy to other people. That's exhausting. So to save all of that time and fear and letting people down and saying yes and feeling drained and exhausted, you just don't work on yourself altogether. And that's one of those really subtle ways that we self-sabotage. We don't even realize it is not having our ability to set boundaries. And so we don't even become the person that we want to be out of fear of not knowing how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, anytime we're talking about vulnerability, visibility, um, you know, being somehow <laughs> outside of what we feel we can handle, you know, if if, the, if outside of the comfort zone is the ability to set boundaries, then we'll stay in the comfort zone of, you know, being where we are and the patterns that we know. And I think that, you know, there's 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 three predominant ways that we actually tend to try to deal with fear. 
um, when we're going into these patterns. So we'll try to avoid or ignore, which is what you're totally talking about. Or we'll try to please or placate our fear. So there's like avoiding and ignoring fear, which is kind of like the white knuckling. I'm not going to, I'm just not going to pay attention. I'm not fear. I'm not la 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 la, you know, uh, fingers in or cotton balls in the ears. And then there's placating it, which I think is heavily correlated with the perfectionist pattern. You know, you're trying to do it perfect enough in the hopes that the fear won't come up. And then there's attack, which is where we get the like F off, you know, tell, you know, kicking fears ass, you know, those kinds of memes that go around the internets. Um, and it, they're just really common. And again, the key, the entry point to changing any of those behavioral patterns or behavioral ways of habitually dealing with fear, it all starts with you got to pay attention because there's no fearless. There's no like one Oprah level aha moment at which you're not going to be afraid. And I, I, you know, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people spend a lot of time, many years of their lives going, I'll do it when I, quote unquote, feel ready. And and it's like, you, you're not, you might, maybe, maybe, okay, I won't say never, but maybe you, you, you'll have the moment where, like, you're just never afraid and you've got total confidence. But I know I'll speak for myself. I'll speak for my clients. I'll speak for every single one of my very closest friends. Everybody pays their dues. Everybody has to walk through feeling really crappy because they've gotten stuck in a fear pattern and move through that to get to the confidence that they desire or the the centeredness or the groundedness. Like nobody gets a free pass. So you've mentioned habits a lot. And I'm curious, have we been talking about, because I know you're talking about behavioral habits so have you been talking about all these habits all along throughout this call? Or are there some habits that we're not, we haven't really um, brought to light that we can cover that are healthy for us to work through these uh, fear-based beliefs? Because I know awareness is one of those, like that's a healthy habit. But are there any literal things that we can start doing to help us get closer to our truth? Thankfully, yes. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> All research fact. It's the best. Because awesome. um, I love it when like the woo meets up with the research. That's my favorite thing ever. Mm. Um, well, well, first I'll just talk about how habits work in the brain. So I'm writing the courage habit and I'm geeking out on a bunch of research into how habits actually function in the brain, how we make them and how we create them and how we change them. Um, habits run on a cue routine reward loop. And they're controlled by a part of the brain called the basal ganglia, which I think of as being like the project manager for the brain. You've got all this stimuli in the world coming in and the basal ganglia is like, I've never encountered that before. What do we do? Or I've totally encountered that before. Here's what we do. And so if there's a cue, routine, reward loop with habits, it's like the basal ganglia goes, maybe in my own personal case, the cue, I'm afraid routine, let's go into some perfectionism, because if we go into some perfectionism, we're going to feel in control. That's my reward. And it's a short term reward. It is some kind of a reward, even though it doesn't actually support me in the long term. But it is a short term kind of reward. Same thing for people who are stuck in like people pleasing or martyrdom patterns. They want to go after their big dream. They feel that cue of fear. They go into the martyrdom, the people pleasing. Oh, I'm so selfish going after this stuff for me. I need to make sure that I get, you know, this person taken care of, or I need to, you know, be fully dedicated to the team at my job that I know I want to leave anyway. <laughs> and like the reward in the short term is that you feel more comfortable because you're no longer as intimidated. Maybe you're not as visible. Who knows what it can be? It's different things for different people. But that cue routine reward loop is there and it's a comfort zone for the basal ganglia because it goes, I know what this is. This is how we handle fear. So the interruption point on that cue routine reward loop is with the routine. You are never going to get rid of life's fear cues. You're never going to disaster proof your life. You're never going to not have challenges. You can remove cues for sure if you do something in your life that makes that thing that you want less intimidating, you're going to have fewer fear cues, but you can't control all of those always and forever. So the point of change is always in the routine. And in the research that I did and included in my book, The Courage Habit, 
there were four really specific things that build for a, a more courageous, more resilient kind of a life. And those four things are accessing the body, which is part of that presence that you and I have been talking about. Listening without attachment. So we actually got to listen to what our fear is saying instead of telling it to F off or, you know, telling it, yeah, I'm not listening to you. Um, we got to reframe limiting stories. And I'm not talking about just reciting affirmations. I'm talking about like a really pragmatic, if I feel stuck in a story, how do I reframe it? And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. And that's totally what I was talking about earlier in the call when I'm talking about feeling overwhelmed, getting the courage habit out into the world, and then going, hold on a minute. This, this is like a short period of my life, and life is very full. I can handle this. That's the reframe. So that and one then, can happen within, that can happen within a minute. Like you just, oh, yeah. you just tell yourself the different story. You don't have to go and necessarily journal it a million times. You can just realize a different perspective. Yes. These are super pragmatic. So like we're talking like yeah. easily implementable. And it makes a huge difference. Oh yeah. Huge. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do this. I do this all the time in my day. I remember what it was recently. Something happened and I remember I just, oh, I was just in a workout class, just something really small. I was in a workout class and like in my head, I was like, why did I come here? I was really tired. I shouldn't be here. Now I've got to do this for a whole 45 minutes, no breaks, blah, blah. I was doing that for like the first 10 minutes. And then I was like, thinking to myself, this is so, um, not at, what, what, where am I looking for? This is just so autopilot and like, mm. it feels really comfortable to be here. It actually feels super comfortable to be here and to complain about it. And I could totally see myself in my head complaining about this workout class for the next 45 minutes, but I'm here. I'm not leaving. I'm not going to get up and leave this class. I'm going to be here for the next 45 minutes. So knowing that I have the choice to change the way I think about it. And then I just tried on for size. I'm so happy to be here. I'm getting a great workout in. This is one of the many Pilates classes I'm gonna do this month and it rocks and it's gonna make me strong and it's gonna make my legs thicker and that's what I want and blah, blah, blah. And it felt like, you know when you fake a smile when you're not really happy and you actually do feel better? It felt that way and the, the thought no longer had, I wasn't fighting. I wasn't resisting my frustration. And if anything, I was having awareness, I was embracing it. And then I came from a place of empowerment to simply reframe it. And then I felt better. And it sounds so easy and simple and kind of silly and, and woo woo, but it makes such a difference if you just decide for yourself to feel more empowered with a different reframe and you don't have to repeat it to yourself a million times. You can just say it once and you'll see it actually makes a profound difference. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big things that people do with reframing a limiting story that gets them sideways is trying to go from trying to, instead of like leaping like from one lily pad to the next to get to where you want to go, it's trying to go crazy far in the opposite direction and the only like don't get me wrong if if it works for someone who's listening to this to be in workout class and by the way I can completely relate I'm a triathlete I train for half Ironmans and I have workouts and days and and things like this too and and it's like if it works for you to go from I really don't want to do this to I completely want to do this. And in fact, I'm the strongest person with the best abs in the entire class. And I am unstoppable. Like if that makes you feel amazing, cool, go for it, do it. Most people that I talk to and from my own personal experience, when they try to do that, they feel like they're lying to themselves. So instead of it being, you know, from from zero to 60, how about zero to five? How about zero to 10? How about I really don't feel like doing this class, but you know what? Let me give it 10 minutes. I'll be here. Let me see how I'm you know, going with this. And it really is a powerful thing that you can do within only a matter of minutes to access the body, go, what's going on with my fear? That's the listening without attachment. You listen, but you don't believe it to be true. Reframe limiting stories. And the fourth part of the process is all about reaching out and creating community because fear can really thrive in isolation. And when we have other people on our team who are doing this work with us, you know, those are the people that maybe you text on the day you really don't want to go. You say, Hey, are you going to Pilates? Mm -hmm. <laughs> can I meet you there? <laughs> Moral support. 
you know, these are the people you want to take the big breath with right before you hit publish, right before you Mm -hmm. launch the blog or the podcast, right before you declare your big dream, right before you decide I'm going to, you know, change the world through this movement or through this nonprofit. Like, we need people. And all of those, you can really do any of these four options. You could do one, right? Like in the Q routine reward loop, if you're going into perfectionism, you could just reach out and create community. Or you could, if you want to, feel your fear. And instead of going into perfectionism, just decide to access the body. And that's okay. But all four together are really, really powerful. And and they work with each other to really build your resilience. And I think that's what we're all after. We're not after fearless. We're after resilience. Mm, yes, resilience. This word keeps coming up in my life, and it's such a beautiful, wholesome word that really does point to what this life is about, right? We have a long life, and it's going to be full of fear, and that's good. Fear is what encourages us to put our phone away when we're driving and stop texting. Fear is what gets us to get out of bed in the morning. Fear is what helps us to take a left instead of a right, and, and it could also be intuition, Right? Fear and intuition are very closely related. It's these stories around them. That list was beautiful. I'm so glad you ended with community that never ceases in my life, my clients' lives, the listeners of this show. Every time I get any kind of feedback around creating community around these things we talk about, it's really what helps to implement these lessons and release the shame and release the guilt and realize we're all in this together. So mm-hmm. before we head on over to the, the Divine Deep Dive round... Can you tell everyone when and where they can get your book and where they can connect with you online until then? Mm, Absolutely. Well, The Courage Habit is my book. It's available at your local bookseller. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all all the places. Uh, You can learn about me or or come hang out at yourcourageouslife.com. I also run the Courageous Living Coach Certification at tribeclcc.com. And pretty much everywhere online, I'm Kate Courageous. So like Instagram, Kate Courageous, Pinterest, Kate Courageous. Um, Facebook's the only place where I'm your Courageous Life instead. So I'm, I'm all over. Beautiful. And I will have all of those links as always, guys. You know, I always say this. They'll be on the show notes for this episode. And this is episode 201 where we were talking wow. with Miss Kate Swoboda. Yes. <laughs> it's been a while. Okay. Uh, divine deep dive round question number one besides your book of course what is another must read book Mm-mm. when things fall apart by Pema Chodron what edge are you on in life right now visibility and velocity what's like your go to favorite meal mm, quinoa with vegan butter and sea salt steamed kale and uh, black beans that have been seasoned appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> appropriately. Favorite form of movement? Running. What's your favorite scent? I mix two, um, Himalayan musk and, um, gosh, uh, like a, an amber together. It's mm-hmm. this, this kind of cheesy looking scent that I find at Whole Foods and I mix the two together. Mm. Can what can you can you somehow tell us what it smells like? I don't know if you can describe that. Mm, well, because it's a mix. So the Himalayan musk is like the kind of earthy, and then the amber is the kind of sweet. Or maybe I'm getting those backwards, but it's like a mixture of earthy and sweet. Ooh, like um, maybe maybe it's the closest I've found to like a Nang Shampa incense. Gotcha. Who would you cast to play the role of you in a movie? <laughs> oh my goodness who would I cat um mm, 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 mm. well uh, okay when I was younger it has not happened for a while but when I was younger when I was wearing sunglasses people would have this moment where they would they would go are you are are you Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> so I'll say her because we apparently have like the same nose, lips, and cheekbones. It was always oh. very funny when that would happen. I love that. And Scarlett Johansson's stunning. She's so beautiful. That's a perfect person to play you in a movie. Um, let's see. Would you prefer ice cream or fresh baked chocolate chip cookies? Mm, 
what a, I'm vegan. Whatever's vegan, I'll I'll do well, either. Both vegan in this instance. Okay. Um. Uh. The ice cream. Okay. What's a physical skill you're most proud of? Being able to finish a half Ironman. What's your spirit animal? Um, Carl, uh, Carl Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> and last question, where are you most likely to be found on a Saturday morning? Mm, um, doing something with my daughter, who is just about four years old, as of us talking, that will... Um, just, just, I don't know, like seal in the weekend as like some connected time. So probably a park and um, probably something that involves a lot of running around. I love it. Thank you so much for the divine deep dive round. You did excellent. You passed. <laughs> Yay, gold star for my inner perfectionist. Gold star. <laughs> Thank you, Kate, so much for coming on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this episode. Um, your insight is just so beautiful, and I love this topic of courage because it's something that all of us in our entire lives will continue to experience and to indulge in because we're always being called to uncover and move towards these new versions of ourselves with every life's phase and every life's chapter. So thank you for writing this very important book, putting it out into the world and coming on to my podcast to speak your truth. Mm, it was an honor. Thank you. All right, everyone. Like I said, you can get the links that we mentioned for this episode on the show notes for this, maddiemoon.com slash Kate dash Swoboda. And while you're there, please leave a comment. Let us know what you thought about this podcast. If you have any questions for me or any questions for Kate, go out, grab this book, let me know your thoughts, and definitely connect with her online. I'll see you guys soon. Bye.